0: Alright, hello and welcome to the Wrong Side of 30. My name is Brandon Farmaheeny and I am joined by Miss Keisha Topangan. Say hi Keisha. Hello. <laughs> oh yeah, this is post-gender post change surgery I guess. <laughs> Say hello again. <laughs> <laughs> you are the...
1: Oh, my God. That was that was underwhelming. That
2: was the lowest I could go, guys.
0: (laughs) We're also joined by Billy. Say hi, Billy.
1: Hello. (laughs) I also had throat surgery.
0: (laughs) So we are back from a little extended hiatus. So Keisha could heal up. Keisha, how are you doing after your surgery?
2: I'm doing good. Well, what
0: happened to your voice? It sounds normal.
3: I thought oh, you I had some weird Kermit the Frog thing. <laughs> I
2: was going to try and keep that up the whole podcast, but I, I don't know if that would have been good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, surgery surgery was, uh, was good. I got to um, sleep, probably the most sleep I've gotten in like three years. Uh, I got unlimited jello. And orange juice and tea. Jesus, you
1: sound like an eighty-year-old. It's like one of the best <laughs> things that could possibly happen. <laughs> well, I got a lot of sleep in the feet. They
0: gave me Jello.
2: Uh, yeah, it was good. I going to uh, go to bed
0: without worrying if I would wake up. Oh, and <laughs> then the, so
2: the part of it too is they had to put these compressor things around my legs to keep the circulation going because I'm laying down for like a few days, and so it like it pumps like air and then comes, pumps back out. But every time I need to pee, I had to like call someone in to like unhook me and then they like walk me to the back. Yeah, no dignity.
1: No dignity (laughs) left. And they stand there and they're like, I like to watch.
2: And then they would knock to make sure I didn't like pass out while I was sitting on the toilet or... Surgery.
0: Like watching surgeons now, I feel like we're in this weird intermediary period where when we look back on, like, the idea of letting humans operate on us. It's going to look super dumb. Like, you ever see an old movie where there's the pilot, the co-pilot, and the navigator in the back because they didn't have a computer? <laughs> yeah. And it's, like, half the reason they crash because the dude in the back's like, I don't know where we are. <laughs> I have a globe, a compass. No, but really think about it. Like, like in the future, we, it's going to look so insane that we let, like, people who make mistakes who are so imprecise operate on us. It's going to be completely... Robots, right?
2: And it's yeah, because I mean, I think like so. I was watching. I was telling you guys earlier. I was watching The Craft, and there's a scene in here where like Nev Campbell had like a bunch of like scars on her back for something, and they were doing this like uh,
0: she was burned. Yeah, was third she was, burns. yeah, she was yeah she
2: burned, and it's like gene therapy that they were working on and stuff. And the big suspense buildup after they did some spells to get the scar off, they were, she was back at the doctor's office, and there's a person taking a picture of it. It wasn't a live camera. Yeah. It was like she they were wiping out wiping off the medicine or whatever and the dead skin and Nev Campbell's watching the camera, but it takes like a 20 second loading period. So like the person would take a picture and it was like I was like And the mom's like, is it okay? Can I see? And she's like, hold on. It's not there yet. And it was like click and I was like, dude, what the fuck? So that without that technology that would, there would be no buildup at all in that. Yeah, in that that's scene. true. That's true.
0: <laughs> They're like, we could go with a quicker solution, but we found this really like holds the drama of the moment.
3: They're like, oh, I yeah, don't know, it man. Cool.
1: Robots don't sound that good after seeing Prometheus, that robot surgery scene. Woof. Oh,
0: oh, I don't know, that's man. Right. Like, I think once we actually learn how to treat diseases, especially like cancer. My friend Gus was bringing that up when I was talking to him about the, how stupid medicine's going to look. And like when we can actually treat cancer, we're going to look back on this period where we just poisoned people. But we poisoned the cancer the most as like a huge stopgap in <laughs> medicine. Like it's it's beyond dumb, but like it's become so like casual to us because it's just a part of life. Oh, yeah. You get sick with cancer. Poison it. Yeah. Yeah. Put some poison in. Shoot radiation at it.
1: Yeah. Wave of the future. It targets
0: your fastest, you know, dividing cells, which is going to be the cancer and also your hair and like, I don't know, a lot of other fucking things in your body that chemo screws up.
1: I just realized... not even listening to you, Brandon. What you said is not important to me. I was thinking more about my
0: <laughs> own my own reference of
1: Prometheus. You know how she hits <laughs> You're the still there. like the alien is in her in her chest, right? And she uses the C section button to get it out or whatever, and just has like a live C section of that oh, alien. Oh shit, that's
2: right. It like slices yeah, her open.
1: Yeah, and it's like, why didn't she just hit the abortion button? Like that would have been cleaner.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's just a punch. Cool.
0: Future's pro life, man. They're gonna win. They're gonna get that Supreme Court
1: thing.
2: See, Roe
0: Roe versus Wade
1: gets overturned, and that's why the surgery machine doesn't have the abortion button. Yeah,
2: I forgot that that she did that. So she like literally went underneath that thing, right, and then pressed it, and then it like cut her open, and then it just like sealed her back up. How did they? How did they that...
1: stapled her, I think, or did yeah. they laser her? I can't remember. But she
0: died pretty soon after that, right? No, she's the lone
1: survivor. I think.
0: Oh. Is she the one that dies after the movie's over, before the next movie starts?
1: Probably. I don't know. Did
0: you not see Covenant? Covenant was good.
3: Oh, Covenant. Was better than Prometheus.
1: It was fine. They were both fine. I mean, I'm an, I, I just like the first one and second one. I'm an alien aliens man. Everything after can come and go.
0: Watch the director's cut of Alien 3. It's not bad. Alien and, 3 is so bad. It Watch the director's cut. It's not a dog that the thing pops out of an ox which makes a little more sense Um, and then uh, Alien 4 I hated it until I read that Joss Whedon wrote it Yeah, and he said that like literally every choice the director made he would make the opposite and when I watched it being like what's the opposite somebody would do this line I was like oh this movie's
1: way better I mean that's kind of a convenient excuse from someone who's hashtagged me too is he? oh yeah Joss Whedon pervert oh man how the mighty have fallen everybody a pervert
0: guys just keep your dick in your pants
1: i peg you as a me too guy too brandon if you were at that level you would have been me too'd by now
0: are you kidding
2: why
1: (laughs) (laughs) it was worth it just to see your face (laughs)
0: because you know you're guilty
2: he's like what they all wanted to see my penis what no
0: (laughs) oh so um good news the um remember the story i told about the uh Thanks for the memories, guys. Yeah. They got back together and they went on a, uh, a vacation to Mexico. Oh. Was it
1: the healing power of the podcast that got them back together?
0: I don't know. Was it your text message? But on their trip or their trip back, they got COVID. <gasps> and when they told us that, it took so much self-control not to text them back. Thanks for the memories. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, they're fully recovered. I think they got their first negative test today. They
2: got COVID on the plane? No,
0: they're pretty sure that one of them got it at the restaurant he works at. Mm. So they brought COVID to Mexico.
2: Oh, shit. Good for them. Why? You you were especially dark this morning. (laughs) I didn't
0: think, (laughs) Billy, you were going to go to Mexico because Hurricane Delta was headed right towards where you were going, but you guys still went. Uh, And then the hurricane kept getting worse, and I was, like, legitimately worried you were going to die. It was a tropical
1: storm, I think, when we left, and Tulum had just gotten hit with Gemma or Gemma or whatever it is. And uh, it was maybe the most like insane i've ever been because as you know i was already really nervous about having to travel for a wedding during hurricane season like my one of my best friends who you know works for an oil and gas like pipeline where they just uh actually it's just a gas pipeline it's like a nitrogen gas pipeline but um you know he just looks at uh weather risks between new orleans and houston granted there are a lot of weather risks and he was like yeah by the way this was in I don't know. February, twenty twenty is projected to be one of the worst hurricane seasons ever. Like, oh, great! I'm going to Mexico during hurricane season for a wedding. Well, what and are the odds
0: went... I'd be there when a hurricane literally goes over my house?
1: And then, and then March, you know, COVID hit, and I was like, great, I'm going to be out of the country <laughs> during during a pandemic. So basically, there were six months of dread leading up to this thing and then we get there and the first fucking thing that happens is a fucking hurricane is bearing down (laughs) on us and the first three days we're there it's raining and I'm like great came to Mexico raining and I'm in an Airbnb that's all fucking glass and then you know meanwhile the wedding party to their own right was all worried about people being able to make it to their wedding I was like I don't give a fuck about your (laughs) wedding we're all gonna fucking die here this (laughs) world's gonna be covered in glass we're gonna get electrocuted
0: Yeah, everyone was like, oh, he'll be fine. He's staying at a resort. I'm like, no, he's in some dude's apartment right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and then we, you know, like the day before the hurricane hit, we had to go to the hotel where the wedding resort thing was actually going to happen. And all these cars are just flooding out of the two-lane road. And we're basically the only car besides, like, utility, like, working vehicles driving in. (laughs) And I'm just not even thinking about it. And we're just like, huh, I guess a lot of people are leaving and then we walk in and they're like, what are you doing here? Oh we have a we have a wedding tasting and then we need to do a walkthrough of the venue and they're like, no, no. no. Did someone not call you? It's like, oh we don't have cell phone service. We're in Mexico. Uh, and they're like, yeah, everybody has to be off the beachfront. All the hotels are being evacuated in the next 45 minutes and everyone who's staff here has to be off the, out of the area in the next four, four hours. So no, there's not going to be a wedding tasting I can show you where the hotel is but we can't really do a walkthrough and the bride was like that's fine walk us to the hotel I'm like no we gotta get a fucking cab and get out of here yeah. and then so we go do this fucking through oh, of the hotel you and still it's like, did it? yeah and it's like it's not like a really nice walkthrough because they've taken all of the furniture that's on the beach and like stuffed it inside the hotel so you walk into a room and it's just like benches stacked oh, up on
0: top God. of them. it's like when people are on vacation they think the rule's don't apply to them plan this
1: wedding, you've thought the rules haven't applied to you for like six months at this point, I think yeah, that's fair <laughs> so so then we get the cab, and uh, you know, I just give the cab driver the airbnb address, and I'm not getting any decent cell signal. I mean, I paid like I literally you can get on a t and t you can get service in Mexico, but just where we are in Mexico, there's just no fucking service. and then I also. Yeah. Paid to be be upgraded to faster internet, still didn't get service. So the cab driver gets lost on the way back to our Airbnb and doesn't speak any English. And unfortunately, my wife, who took, I don't know, 10 years of Spanish, doesn't remember enough to communicate, hey, this is the address. If you can't find the address, I can't help you. We don't have a cell phone signal. We can't communicate (laughs) with the outside world. We can't use GPS. So we literally just like drove up and down blocks until we like saw... The other car Why didn't outside. you have an, a
0: translation app on your phone?
1: We did, but you GPS didn't work. It, we were like, you know, hey, here's the address. Can you not find it? You didn't He's get like,
0: the offline? You, you have to do offline. No, Brandon, the problem
1: wasn't translation. The problem was oh, we couldn't drop a pen. Got it. So so he didn't know where the address was. So I'm there I'm I'm twelve hours before a hurricane's gonna hit and we can't even find the fucking Airbnb we're staying in. And then I get back there and the people are like, are our personal chef are they still coming tonight to make us dinner? I'm like, No, they're not <laughs> fucking
0: coming. <But>
1: God <laughs> we're all gonna hurricane.
0: die. <laughs> and then and Because then they're like, like this well, is like a resort resort town. Like yeah. it is it just barely has any infrastructure. There's no like airport, for instance, you know?
1: Yeah. And we were like two miles away in the actual like town where everybody lives or three miles away in the town where everybody lives. But it's still like, you know, as the crow flies, I'm like maybe two miles from the beachfront. Not sure. And now at that point, it was like a cat three turning into a cat four and they were projecting it was going to become a cat five by the time it hit. And luckily, we knew all along, unless it drastically changed direction, that we were on the left side. So we're like, it's probably not going to flood. But then I'm sitting there, like, and we call our little concierge for our Airbnb, and they're like, yeah, we can't get you anything at the grocery store. They're two-hour lines. And the guy who's the best man's like, hey, guys, uh, we're almost out of beer. So, hey, Billy, will you come walk with me to go get beer from a convenience store? I'm like... <laughs> Are you fucking sitting? I'm just like, and everybody's just staring at me, like, why won't you help? I'm like, I'll go. I'm not buying any beer. I'll go help you carry. It. <laughs> so, so we go. Like, get, no like, one
0: understood the gravity of the situation.
1: The only place that was open was like some organic food store that just bends over Americans and like triple charges you for everything. It's like nine dollars for a banana. American, yeah. like nine American dollars for a banana. There. Oh my God. And it's like somehow we spent $150 on like 36 Mexican cervezas (laughs) and like, I don't know, a thing of like organic peanut butter to live off of just in case. (laughs) 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 We get back and I'm so mad. I'm so like teed up with, I don't know, just rage at this point. And we're like, what are we going to do? Let's watch some TV. And the guy was like, yeah, the vice presidential debates are on. I was like, (laughs) it's my last. Fucking night on earth (laughs) And you're gonna make me Watch The Vice
3: President Are you (laughs) serious And so I I I Just went into my
1: room And listened to Radiohead For about four hours And and wept silently
0: I guess I wasn't helping Because I was sending you Like evacuation (laughs) Locations
1: I survived the hurricane It really wasn't that bad In Tulum It hit the place we were going the following week directly, and by then, it instead of going from a Cat 4 to a Cat 5, it dropped to a Cat 3. So, once again, um, I, was, I made Maggie pack the night before in case we needed to run upstairs and take all of our belongings with us. I'm a great doomsday prepper, and one day, there's going to be a doomsday, and I'm going to be laughing my way to hell saying, See,
3: I fucking knew it! <laughs>
0: God. Oh, man. I I really I was really worried about you. Once that was over, I was just worried about getting COVID
1: the rest of the time because we went to a resort and no one was wearing masks except for the staff there. And then we flew back on Southwest, who, for the most part, did a really good job, except for the leg between Houston flying back from Houston to Austin. By the way, no one wears masks in the Houston airport. So thanks a lot, city of Houston. Great job. And then this fucking bitch in front of me, who wasn't wearing a mask in the airport when we boarded until people told her to, took off her mask on the plane and took a selfie of herself, so proud that she defied any sort of logic or any sort of law or policy to politicize not wearing a mask on an airplane. Oh I literally wanted to <laughs> bathe in her <laughs> at her while <laughs> pupils. Jesus
0: Christ, Billy. That's. <laughs> It's getting beeped. Oh, my God. Fuck. You should have tr- crashed that plane. You should have been like, you see what happens? You see what happens when you're stupid? I
1: tried so fucking hard to take a picture of her taking the selfie of herself and could not get my phone out fast enough because I was going to tweet it at Southwest and be like, what the fuck are you doing on your flights? Oh but then God. I also felt bad because they were actually really good at policing it on every other leg. But this one flight attendant saw her doing this and didn't do anything to stop her. But I guess... If you confront someone like that on an airplane, they'll probably start screaming their rights.
3: Was she an an older woman? No,
1: she was probably like late 30s, early 40s. Oh my God, what
2: the fuck is wrong with everybody?
1: I don't know. She was also talking to the person next to her who also wanted to get like who did the nose off mask thing about how they had had COVID and nothing happened.
0: (laughs) So it's like, I guess it, it makes all the other people who have died of it. Like, I guess their lives yeah. don't matter.
1: Irrelevant. They probably thought that they, they had they herd count. immunity somehow. Oh, my
0: God. That's the attitude. It's just kind of like, look, if we die, then we won't be around. So it won't suck. And yeah. if we live, then we live through it. Nothing like, happened
1: to me. And I, I don't know who all I spread it to in the time that I had it because I didn't care that I had it because I was asymptomatic. But, uh, you know, I'm sure they're fine, too. Fucking bitch.
0: Oh, OK. I thought you were saying you. Remember no. We thought you had it.
1: No, I got back and I was negative. We took a test the day I got back. We didn't do anything until we got our test back. But anyway, great trip to Mexico. Two thumbs up. (laughs) Survived.
2: But the wedding actually happened.
1: Like oh yeah, and people couldn't make it to the wedding, which was unfortunate. Like, um, the efficient couldn't come, so Maggie was promoted from um maid of honor to efficient. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then I ended up having to be the videographer. Um, so I was running around with a camera, shooting the wedding, which was actually kind of fun because it distracted me from you know,
2: impeding listening death. to my wife <laughs>
1: deliver a, a beautiful message that was made up very quickly, but. I did, uh, you know, the only bad thing that happened to me personally was uh, when I was shooting, um, I was trying to get like a reverse shot so that you could see the people in the, um, what do you call it, not the procession, just the, the crowd, and a big, big wave just came up and hit me in the foot, so both of my shoes got filled with water. Oh, my God. Great times. Great times.
0: Could have died. Could have been worse. Last time I was at that beach, I, I stepped on a syringe. <gasps> Which was not fun. Galveston? No, no, it was a a beach in Tulum. You, you know?
2: slept on a
1: syringe, chasing the dragon.
0: Yeah, and it was awkward because like place we were staying at, my wife's friend worked, so she's like, "Don't get her in trouble." I'm like, "What?" But I didn't want to sign the document to release them of liability, so they'd pay for the bills. Because I was like, "No, if I get fucking sick and die, That's Paula to be able to like cash in and live nice?"
2: Oh, that's true. So
0: we had to go to, um, I forget the nearby bigger town, um, to Tulum, but it's not that much bigger to get a tetanus shot. Holy mackerel. And then when we got back to uh, Texas, I had to go and get all the AIDS and, or not HIV and, um, rabies. what's that one? No, not rabies, not herpes. What's the other H? HPV. Hepatitis. HPV?
1: Oh, hepatitis. Oh, HPV. B- <laughs> a- hepatitis.
0: I just, I'm not a beach guy, man. <laughs> not a beach because guy. you stepped on a syringe, you're not a beach guy. And no, I wasn't a beach guy before that. I don't like the beach. I don't like sand. So you're Kramer. You're Cosmo
1: you're, Kramer.
2: You're Anakin. It's coarse. Of
1: course. Yeah, but the, the wedding actually was beautiful. And it, considering all of the things that led up to it that were just insane, it, it went really well.
0: I was like texting people that I thought you were going to die.
1: I yeah. I was like,
0: I, I don't know what to do.
1: I don't know what to do. <laughs> you could have you sung at my funeral. I was
0: like mad because like Paula is like trying to get me to like not tell people their business. Just let it be. <laughs> and like when you were here, I wanted to be like, hey, Billy, you should not go to Mexico because that hurricane's coming.
1: I didn't have a choice. Maggie would have said, if we die, we die. It was pretty much her attitude. Well, that
0: makes me feel better.
1: <laughs> in sickness and in health, you can drown in a hurricane. <laughs> we're going to this wedding. So
2: how many people were actually like, in person for the wedding?
1: 11, including the bride and groom yeah it was it was wild the I guess the uh I don't know if this is' an overshare, but the parents of the groom had recently been divorced, and like the mom was talking about like how happy she was with her new boyfriend, and the dad was trying to win her back the whole time, and everybody was just drunk. It was Ooh,
2: that's awkward. It, it was
1: kind of like being on a reality t v show
0: so you guys probably would have enjoyed it, probably did they get back together at the end? No, absolutely <laughs> oh, not, man. This close. He was giving
1: a, he was giving a toast, and I think she started laughing, and he just stopped talking mid-toast. It
0: was a little tense. I'm trying to think like if I've been through a scary event like that. Luckily, I slept through the Vegas shooting when my dad was in Vegas. I woke up. Oh my! My mom was in the Denver airport during
2: 9/11. Oh shit!
1: Yeah, and she ended up renting a car and driving back because all the flights and everything were canceled
2: you yeah, I mean oh uh I happened to st- well I happened to stay home during the Boston Marathon bombing Jesus and that uh, my office at the time was like right next to the finish line like it was right across like probably one maybe a few bl- buildings over and the security guard had said that like all they heard was that explosion and then like waves of people running fr- like on the front around the front door and he was like what is happening yeah That's it was terrifying. like terrifying crazy
0: Yeah, my dad was gambling in the Bellagio, the floor of the Bellagio. His uh, his wife was like in the high rollers room, so she was like more like secured away. But he was just like out there on the floor, and like the shooting was at Mandalay Bay, wasn't it? Yeah, but so what happened is it was uh, the shooting was like on the strip in front of Mandalay Bay. So when the guy started shooting out into the crowd, all people really knew was that there was a shooter somewhere in the strip. So everyone started running into the hotels, just saying, hey, there's a shooter, there's a shooter. I was like, so what did you do? And he's like, grab my chips.
1: <laughs> oh my God. I, I'm more interested in what your stepmom was doing, like in the high rollers, Does like, like a team from John Wick come down and like stand <laughs> at the
0: door front and say, keep gambling. No, it, John Wick, actually. Yeah. They actually had Keanu.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Bellagio, they, uh, they have resources um but luckily like i slept like, i fell asleep before any of it happened so i didn't have to like i wasn't there wondering oh my god you know was he okay it was like you know after all of the business i think like in my dreams is all like that's always where the danger comes in like I, there's so many times where i'm in a situation in a dream where i'm like i'm going to die in a minute and i have to make peace with it and it makes you wonder what would be the, what is the more humane way to go? Is it not knowing and it just happens? Or is it knowing that it's coming and having to come to terms with it?
1: Uh, I think if it's an instantaneous death, both of those are viable options. If it's going to be a slow-riding death, I don't know. I think both those options are terrible. <laughs> yeah. Really, you just want to die fast. It doesn't matter if you know or don't know. Yeah, you just want to die like, fast.
2: faster the better. Like drowning, being on fire. Slowly. being on
0: fire you know, those are fast ways
3: to <laughs> die those i'm are saying the opposite
0: agonizing. the
2: opposite of those things that i am describing i just imagine like
0: falling out of a plane and not losing no. consciousness just yeah. like falling you're and like having oh, to feel shit. It. yeah you're like how much of this fall am i gonna like spend strategizing on how to survive it and then at one point will i just accept that i'm going we to just die let
2: the fear take over right I, I would let it the fear take over so that i pass out and then i'd I think I would try to force myself to pass out and I'd just be like, like opening my eyes, like, oh nope, still I'm still awake. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's probably a good time to bring up today's topic, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, surviving. Surviving. Say it with a little more gusto. Yeah. Surviving.
0: Today's topic is surviving.
1: Now you try, Keisha, with your <laughs> Scat
0: Man voice. Before we get it, before we get into it, I do need some advice. I'm trying to convince Coca-Cola. To be I wanna be the, the next Jared Fogle. You wanna take advantage of little children children pictures? No, no, no. I wanna be the spokesperson of a major corporation because it helped me lose weight. Why did you choose the guy who's in prison?
2: You couldn't pick one that was Who
0: what's better? Everyone knows Jared lost weight and so he's a subway guy. So then, lead with
1: I want to be like the guy from Subway, except for all the kids stuff. It's true. Well, I mean, you know, you
0: know what I mean. I didn't
1: know I what didn't. you mean earlier. Why I would I mean that? Why would me too. I mean that? It's
3: true. It's true.
2: Why
0: would I mean that? No. How do I? How do I become a paid? But
2: he lost like three hundred pounds or something like that. You didn't lose that much weight.
0: I've lost thirty-five pounds.
2: Thirty-five pounds, though, compared to like two hundred pounds, is that's two hundred pounds is spokesperson material. You, you're a ways to go. You
1: have lost 35 pounds by doing nothing but eating hot dogs, which I feel like is- And yeah. breakfast tacos. So you should be like the Johnsonville guy. You yeah. should be like <laughs> lo- lose the ballpark- weight with Johnsonville.
2: Ballpark Franks guy. You could be Ballpark Frank. I've lost
0: 35 pounds by doing no exercise. I'm very proud of that.
1: I'm kind of worried that based on your sodium levels from eating all those hot dogs, you may have actually not increased your lifespan, even though you've lost 35
2: pounds.
0: Don't forget all of the Topa Chico. Each one has uh, sodium built in. So
2: why don't you have kidney stones?
0: Your heart's going to explode. I do think. I, I also don't think intermittent fasting is good for your heart. I'm not saying I'm healthier, guys. All I'm saying is I've lost weight. I think that yeah. you just
2: you just de- there's like, a
0: difference between being healthy and losing weight. You just Paul is real happy right now. Your
2: application for the spokesperson because you listed 35 pounds loss and then all of the health risks that you are now facing <laughs> based on this diet. Yeah,
0: that's why I like I can't, I can't advocate for it officially because I do think it it could kill somebody. It's kind of like <laughs> what movie stars do when they need to lose a lot of weight really quickly.
1: But no, they eat like a uh, chicken breast, right? No. Oh, no, you mean like a lot of weight, like Christian Bale and the Machinist? Yeah.
2: Yeah, they like yeah to stop or eating. Heath Ledger
0: for Joker.
2: Yeah, I think Beyonce did like a lemon water with cayenne pepper and cinnamon, like a detox. She did that like twice a day for like two And then
1: she advertised for it and made like $15 million. And then she That's lost. what I need to do!
2: I, we need to make money. My oh my god, funny story. My mom was like, "Hey, I I was on this other podcast app and I was trying to find your 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 podcast." And I'm like, "What did you search for?" And she's like, "Well, I searched I didn't I forgot the name of your podcast." And I'm like,
1: <laughs> "That's not a good sign."
2: Mom, I was like, "So then what did you type in?" And she's like, "Uh 30." And <laughs> I was like, okay. And I was like, and she's like, and you guys didn't show up until at least the third page. And I was like, well, mom, like, first of all, know the name of our podcast and that will help. And she's like, well, Keish, Keish, you know how Google works? (laughs) And I was like, mom, she's like, how come you guys don't try harder to be on the first page when people search 30? And I was like, we
0: don't. I mean, like, that's like a big search (laughs) (laughs) term. God, grace.
2: She's like, but the best was like, you you know Google, right? <laughs> you know when you search? You know, sometimes I heard you put the less words, the more Google knows what she you're knows looking what you, for. She
1: probably heard all of this stuff from you when you taught her about like search engine optimization. She's
2: like, mom. And she's like, I'm just saying, when someone types 30, <laughs> your podcast should show up. And I was like, okay, Come
0: on. Grace. Good Lord. So yeah, so this is... uh. Surviving, uh, I don't know. Surviving the world.
1: This surviving can have a lot of meanings. The mm. world, a relationship. Keisha, tell us about that. By the way, does the world know it's a former relationship at this point?
0: Yeah, but her former former relationship is trying to get back in her DMs, and it's like,
1: wait, what? He Quincy? doesn't know. Okay, yeah, I don't know
2: anything. Okay, so yeah, yeah. So quick update: he got all his so. Quincy and I are no longer together.
1: And he was supposed to come pick up shit from your house.
2: He came over. He was supposed to take
0: you to Houston for your cancer treatment. (laughs)
2: Exactly. And he's like, peace, deuces.
0: But no, no, it's okay. He liked her (laughs) I'm not dead status. (laughs) And
1: didn't he like re... uh, like he can't he backed out on the day that he had to come pick up his drawer filled with stuff because it's he had just, like one one item he couldn't pick up. and It was like yeah, right before I was you were gonna like, go. dude,
2: just come pick up whatever you can. But he, yeah, so he came over, got all of his stuff out of the house. At that point, I was just like, let's just wrap it up. Like, let's just get moving because it, this, it's just it was getting too long of this whole trying to coordinate when to come get your stuff. It was like awkward. My friend Corey came in here and like stayed with me the day he was coming in and getting his stuff because she didn't want me to be alone, which is amazing of her to be here. Once he got his stuff and left, like I felt like a huge relief kind of thing. Towards the end of that whole process, though, like he tried to like talk about like, oh, I don't know where I don't know what I want. Can we keep talking? And finally, I was like, what is there to talk about? Like you literally decided that you don't want anything to do with this relationship anymore. And <laughs> if you
1: survive uh your surgery, maybe we can talk about getting back together again. And all Yeah, really sure and like and you for. bailed on
2: me like literally the moment Forget everything else. Like the the like not like that it was life and death, but it was like a pretty big deal of like a physical yeah. thing you may right? have
1: yeah yeah cancer oh yeah. sorry bye and,
2: and that's when you're I, like i don't know if this is this would have been the best thing but like i if i was him i would have been like all right i'm gonna write it out and make sure that she's okay after surgery and then we can have the conversation of like where we are and how i'm feeling and i don't know if he thought he was doing me a favor by ending it before everything happened but like that's kind of like yeah no that's that's a no in the book of decent things a person would do
1: yeah at least have the decency to be like a sweet guy but then cheat on you in the background while all this is happening so you you know then then yeah. you could have at least been there and say <laughs> i was there for you emotionally physically i was with someone else it was like a backup plan like oh, a plan b God. so to speak
0: but yeah be a real gentleman yeah
2: so that i haven't talked to him and, and there was like some weird after uh w- like text message stuff of like he didn't know like after I got the surgery, I didn't hear from him. Like I got the surgery on Monday. He didn't text me until the following, th- that Thursday.
1: The f- like three days later or like, like 10 three, days like later? Like three days
2: later. Okay. And he knew when I was getting surgery and all of that. And it was just like, hey, uh, I saw your post on social and uh, I, I'm glad you're, sur-. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now?
1: I'm glad you're what? I'm sorry, I broke up. He
2: was like, I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad your surgery went well. I want you to know that I, I've, I was thinking about you and I was worried for you. Well, I mean, now that I know that you were worried for me, wow, wow, yeah,
3: like what the
2: fuck? And I was just like, what, what is? I don't. I was so frustrated and annoyed. I was like, this is so stupid. I'm like, I don't know what you want me to do. Like, this is beyond. I don't even know how to manage this like friendship, whatever you're trying to have right now. Because at the bare minimum, be like, hey, hope your surgery went well and you're recovering. Let me know if you need anything.
1: You should just say, you should have responded back, at, you just really vaguely. Oh, you know, they said six weeks. And just don't tell him what the six weeks is. I mean, six weeks could be anything. <laughs>
2: or be like, the number you have tried to contact has been deactivated because she's dead.
0: <laughs> that would be an interesting voicemail. <laughs> should we fake your death just to like make him feel bad? No,
2: I just, I, I, don't, I don't know. He's going through things, whatever. Like, I'm just, he can do whatever he wants. I don't <laughs> care at this point. F- but plot twist, the thing with, with the, when you have physical or surgical or health-related things, you have your standard group of people and family that's like, hey, hope you're go- doing well, who reach out, ask you if you're okay. And then there's like that secondary layer of people that you're like, oh, haven't heard from you in a while. There was definitely a few of those people that I expected, but then one person... Me. I thought <laughs> it was wh- <laughs> Billy was like, whoa, you OK? And I'm like, whoa, who's this? No.
3: <laughs>
2: but one person, regardless of the fact that I had blocked him across all platforms. Oh, yeah, it wasn't even. Um, <laughs> which I didn't know he did this. I didn't know that he had like actually deleted his old Instagram account and started a new one that's like a private one. He had reached out to me. Purely out of like, hey, I saw your post. And this was like on Tuesday, so right after my surgery. He's like, saw your post, I hope you're okay, blah, 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 blah. Um, And this is the person that Brandon <laughs> has called to have a uh, serial killer vibes.
1: David S. Pixley? No. <laughs>
3: he is, he is
1: <laughs> capable
3: of
2: any task. <laughs> <laughs> his, skills his, his skills are limitless. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: are limitless at serial killing.
2: Do we have to give him a code name?
0: Hold on, I'm, I'm looking for a code name right now. Can we call him Dexter? It's just call him Charles Whitman. Who? the The Tower Shooter. Yeah.
2: No. Uh, no. An easier Dexter.
1: Like... Dexter. Dexter.
2: Oh, Dexter's a good one. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So he sent me a DM or whatever, and that Hannibal. was like. That was like the, so a guy who I have blocked on everything, including LinkedIn, Venmo, like PayPal, like on every possible platform.
1: I will not accept payment from you.
0: <laughs> I opened up a Friendster account just so I could block him.
3: One day on you're everything. Long
0: distance
1: phone call. <laughs> will you accept the charges from John, Wayne, Casey?
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Straight up found a way to reach out to me and ask if I was okay. But the guy that I just was recently in a relationship with who was living in my house waited three days to ask if I was okay.
0: Look, that's nice, but like the barometer for boyfriend shouldn't be uh, is generally curious about my welfare after major surgery. We should Oh, I understand that.
2: I understand that. That being said, he did also come by the next day and brought my mom and I lunch. To oh
1: see my how God. Doing. I just love the mental gymnastics that this guy's playing with his friends like the night before. It's like, I kind of want to, you know, text Keisha, you know, good luck, but how do I do that without making her feel like I care about her? Well, what you do is you can't do it like right after the fact. You want it to be like a second thought, but you still want to be nice. So text her three days late. No, they no. Like, <laughs> you know
2: who brought, no, no. He, um, Dexter brought me lunch.
1: Oh God. And did you check it for glass or poison? He like
2: straight up brought my mom and I lunch and sat down here and like talked to us and. It was very, very. Convincing. You look,
1: you look in love. She's got the gleam of love.
0: move forward.
2: Brandon, we'll have an, au-
1: we'll
0: auction you off,
1: Brandon, like an ox. We,
2: I was looking forward to my date on Tuesday, and that guy fucking found love. So what do you want me to do?
0: We will auction you off. We will have a public <laughs> auction. Gross.
2: I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna date other people. I'm still. Trying to find people to date. You know,
1: I hear that cancer survival clinics can be a great way to meet emotional people. <laughs> <laughs> but you made it
0: through. Breakups are hard.
2: Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, it's been a month, a little over a month now. There's parts of, that I definitely, you know, miss. But there's definitely things that I'm like, oh, this is a lot better that we're not together. But yeah.
0: I found this cool uh, eHarmony article. Should you ever go back to an ex? Only if they aren't a serial killer After a breakup, it can be tempting to give your ex another chance Especially if neither of you has moved on But can it ever work? And is going back with an ex ever a good idea? We investigate We need to do a
1: Dear Abby segment Except for it's just Dear Billy And it's just me giving the worst, most hateful (laughs) advice ever Don't do it,
2: you slut
1: (laughs) First of all, when did you get your
0: partial lobotomy? And second of all, are they still keeping your brain? I wanted to do a podcast, just call it terrible advice. I thought it would be fun.
2: That's a that great idea, fun. so yeah, I mean, I'm good, you know, so you
1: survived, yeah, but you're also backtracking real
2: fast, not backtracking <laughs> am i am I exploring
3: the, the
2: all options right now, like am I just allowing whatever wants to come into my life right now and give it a shot a thousand percent because me trying to. Only narrow it down to the guys that I'm swiping right on has not been great. I, Are you
0: narrowing it to only
2: guys? Yes. Ooh. Only guys. Only guys. Also, guys, I have a, there's a pattern that I've noticed. So the last three relationships that I've been in all kind of start around the fall season.
3: Good,
0: good. It's good to know yourself. Yeah, no, it's prime. Sounds like it's prime auctioning
1: It's cuffing season. I think
2: I get really into cuffing season. Cuffing season? Cucking season? Cuffing. You don't know what cuffing season is?
1: God, no. Is that like docking? No.
2: Okay, cuffing season for, for all the single people out there is the time leading up to the holidays where you want to get into a serious relationship so that when you go to meet your family over the holidays, they're not going to ask like, oh. Are you single? And you have someone to spend the holidays with. Like you get Christmas gifts. You have Thanksgiving dinners to go <laughs> this to. Is so
1: shallow. You have
2: someone to like be with on New Year's Eve. And then what? When, when cuffing season ends is actually
1: right after Valentine's right Day. Right
2: after Valentine's Day <laughs> because yeah, you get is. into spring break and you kind of like- You want to be single And you want to be, you want to like hoe it up a little. And then you go into the summer and then you have summer flings and then summer dies down and then cuffing season starts up again.
0: Is that what you think is happening with Who's Oh
1: boy.
2: D- dude okay so side note she had like a, a store, an Instagram story like last night at like 3 a.m. Because I was, I woke up and I saw it. And it's like obviously at his house, like is that his apartment? Because I can hear his voice in the background.
0: They've been trying to break up like a thousand times. On and off. not a good match. What do you mean trying to break up? I don't know.
1: Like
2: he like traveled to like New Zealand or something, hooked up with girls, hooked up with people everywhere. And she's still like, uh, we're meant to be together. Yeah. But anyway, he got a dog. And he cheated on her with the puppy. <laughs>
1: Uh, who are these people? It makes me worried about myself that you guys associate yourself with me. What's wrong with me? Everybody you guys know have fucking twisted.
0: <laughs> um, your anger, I guess? Oh, I thought that was my charming quality. Hmm. It is. It's, your, it's easily your best and worst quality at the same time. Good. Mm,
2: uh, yeah, so if anyone has any uh, friends that they think I would mesh with, let me know.
1: Hey, Maggie, Keisha's looking for a guy that she can take around the family for holidays and survive uh, Valentine's Day, but then she wants to break up so that she can have summer flings and then you have a little bit break. of a series. Uh, yeah, she's got to have someone who she can ditch for spring break. You know anybody? Yeah, she got a few people.
2: She's not home. She's not. Oh. oh, so idea. We should do a breakup episode, like just about breakups, um, like around Valentine's Day. Sure.
1: So we've kind of hinted at it, but it seems like there's something else you've survived recently, Keesh, and I think uh it's not just a uh, a broken heart. It's a broken thyroid.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Are you going to live? Let's I just am going jump to, to that. Okay, I am good.
2: going to live. I got my pathology report back a few days ago and since here in. you're
1: drunk, but you're going to live.
2: <laughs> Everything is clean. They didn't find it. They, once they removed the thyroid, there was no other weird cells anywhere. So I think I am officially Good. Like, without the threat of cancer, which is awesome.
1: Awesome. Congratulations. Well, thank now you. I don't have to feel bad about all the things we've said in the last <laughs> couple of episodes. <laughs> Brandon, we're off the hook.
2: The, <laughs> the thing that has been the worst about recovery is like, my body is still adjusting to the fact that I only have half of a thyroid. And so my fatigue levels go from like zero, like I'm totally fine. I have high energy to like I need to lay down.
0: How long is it going to take to adjust?
2: Um, I think it, it's like a, f- like a month or two maybe. Because right now my thyroid's like my, the left side is trying to figure out if it needs to like overcompensate or if it's working too much. And if that's the case, then I need to take like I have to figure out if I have to take any medication to balance right. it out, which I hope I don't. But that's the only thing. Like I have, I'm all energetic and I'm like I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And then halfway through like my first work day, I was like,
3: "Fuck.
2: Like I need to lay down." But wow. otherwise, I'm good. Good.
0: Well, I'm glad all of that's over so we can stop feeling guilty when we make fun of you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it has been really hard on me personally.
0: I know. I, I kept having to tell him like, "You know, this is for her own good. She we needs to learn a fucking her lesson." <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: No, that's awesome. That's awesome. My dad's had prostate cancer twice. I know what it's like to... Yeah, watch family go through it. So it's to watch your friends, not as painful, but yeah, it's it's gotta be exhausting.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that took up like all of October for me. You know,
1: I, I just don't know how you think. Like it's the one thing to like the physical toll of you know having to go through all of it, but just like how you keep your mind on the mundane tasks
2: of right, right. Being and an it was adult like over well, that was that was funny, right? They were like at work, they're like, oh my God, Keisha, like I hope everything's okay uh, like, before you go. Though, can you handle billing? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you were like go like die or just drive to Houston.
2: And there I mean, not nothing against my work. There, my work has been amazing during this whole process, but that was like a really that was like a really funny thing for me. And it actually kept my mind off of the stress of having to think of the surgery because I was like dealing with billing, like trying to wrap up everything work wise so that I could be out for a week and a half was a really good distraction from just sitting there being like, What is life? You know, am I going to die? But it was like, oh, I got to do billing. Oh, their install is not working or fuck. I didn't send that email. Yeah, it keeps you (laughs) distracted.
0: It keeps you going. You
1: would have been much better off in Mexico than I was during that hurricane. I mean, it's like you would have been like, oh, the vice presidential debates. This will keep my mind off things. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, I had a crazy thought. I was like, you know what? Motherfucking hurricane is going to wipe out Billy. (laughs) This fucking thyroid thing is going to wipe out Keisha. They're going to be like, what the fuck happened? Brandon, both of his podcast team died within like a few weeks of each other. That's super like, weird. <laughs> I do Like, is it me? We did it though. Is it something with me? Yes. survived.
1: Yes,
2: yes it sur- is. Oh, okay. Back back to the topic. There we go. Yeah,
0: I thought I would, I was trying to, I don't know how to make any of this funny
2: surviving. Because I was trying to figure out
0: yeah, what could I bring in? And it probably like I guess like, you know, my my sabbatical a couple years ago. But there's there's really not a lot funny about it. So I'm like struggling of how to tackle it. I thought I would get to it in a a health a different health podcast, but I'm fine talking about it.
2: I think like I think what would be what could be funny and interesting is Like whatever your coping mechanisms were to try to have some sort of normalcy during like your most stressful or challenging. Not outside of booze and your Costco margaritas. But
3: like
0: what? Well, like what happened is like I just started detoxing because I was like quasi addicted to uh, opioids like painkillers. And I say quasi addicted to where I could not have them. And it's fine. I'm not going to go blow somebody for money. You're not, you're not gonna, not so you're gonna, saying
2: you're not going to put a Craigslist ad
3: no. asking for. But I'm
0: also not going to be in a good mood and I'm not going to be able to work because I'm going to feel like shit and be distracted. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like a thing like if I wanted to get work done, like I knew I had to take those pills and it'd get annoying and I'd stop taking it if I woke up with a headache because I could tell, all right, I'm already in withdrawal yeah. from not having it. So it's like doing that off and on wasn't healthy (laughs) yeah part of the confusing thing is like i was being treated but I, i guess i was misdiagnosed uh bipolar and i'm not bipolar and i was on bipolar medication and it was helping me a little bit with depression but not as much so i kept going higher so it was creating problems because i was using it to treat something that it's not treated primarily for So I got to a point where I just like, I'm like, I'm done with it. I'm done with pills. I just detoxed. I'm not taking anything. And then I just stopped leaving the house. I could not, I couldn't leave. Wow. I stopped going to work. And that like, you know, hit a a tangle after a couple of weeks. And, you know, I had to have some conversations and it was just decided I would go on like, you know, an extended medical leave. It's like, you know, when you send crazy people away, basically. And, you know, then I got on a proper treatment, some antidepressants. And I started doing some meditation and learned, you know, you need to have you need to find joy outside of work. You need to be able to find, you know, stuff to do that can make you happy outside of work and otherwise like you know you're just going to be miserable so through like help uh, in therapy and with like you know new medication you know I got through it um, but you know it was just awkward like there were like a lot of awkward moments where people were reaching out because I was the one that no one could get in touch with you know or hearing my wife like because I didn't text her back one day and then hearing her come back upset because she thought I'd like you know hung myself I'm like no I didn't and do that? I'm not gonna do that.
2: Well, people don't know that though. Like to you, it sounds crazy, right? That 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 would be an assumption. But like, I've definitely been around people, and I've had people in my life that you really don't know how far they would go on. Sure. Like a perfectly bad day, you know? Yeah. And that's scary. yeah. It's
0: it's a huge huge deal, and you know, it's not always clear that it's a normal thing yeah. and that you know you shouldn't feel stigmatized for for people knowing about it cuz like i i would lie as much as i can to keep people from finding out the truth cuz it's like you know, especially with the industry I was in, am I ever going to be able to be insured? Yeah. You know, are they going to be like this guy's fucking crazy? All and right. I don't think I'm a. Cra- I never did anything crazy. I never acted out and you know did anything strange. But um, you know, it was a, that. But it was just generally an awkward time. And I'd have friends come in and like you know. That's kind of explained the Jared Fogle comment earlier, though. No, come on, <laughs>
2: it's just a
0: joke.
3: Well,
2: one thing I think you guys have both you guys have both experienced like depression personally. But, like, one thing that was part of why I think I was in that relationship with my ex-fiance for six years was I had to kind of deal with his untreated, like, depression. And when I – there were times where, like, when I had tried to break up with him over things before, there was a point where, you know, it was, like, the usual, like, I can't live without you, blah, blah. And you're like, okay, yeah. And then there was one night – there was definitely one night where he, like, took, like, a knife from the kitchen and was like, if you break up with me, like, I will kill myself. And I was twenty five. And you looked back at him and you said,
1: That's an empty threat. Do it. Do it. <laughs> right? Do it, you little bitch. It was <laughs>
2: like, what the fuck? And at twenty-five, twenty-six, right? Like, guys, like no one tells you what to do if that ha- if you're no. in that situation. And like I didn't know what to do. And I was like, uh, okay, I, I won't we won't break up. I'll be I'll stay with you. I love you. But like thinking back on that, like that fucked me up. That totally fucked yeah. me up. And that felt like now. I have to be okay with him doing all of the shitty things that he did for a, while, a long time because I knew that in the back of my mind, leaving him wasn't an option because he would kill himself. And that was like a manipulative, toxic, all of the words that people use now to describe things like that. But at that point, I just thought sticking to him, with him was me being a good girlfriend. Right. And there's a bunch of stuff that, that like that you there's no no one ever tells you. No one teaches you how to get through that. There's no books yeah. that you can you read. You just have
0: to go through it and... and- with it yeah and like i'll tell you like you know if you have to do something for your own best interest do it and it's not an easy world not everyone's going to understand it was super weird and awkward eventually going back to work um and they did let me come back for a little bit but like the uh you know i gotta throw a shout out to the the broadcast crew at, at rt they were tremendous I had a really great time with them Especially the broadcast editors who made a little nook for me as I came in to take over producing halfway through the second run of a sports show. And uh, I still end up getting canceled, but at least in the second half, we got to do some fun stuff. Anyway, it's so strange. Like, it's a lot like uh, if you guys watch Mad Men and after he had his breakdown and I'm no Don, I'm no Don Draper, but it's awkward. It's awkward coming back after a thing like that because you feel like and people probably everyone knows you have no idea what they're thinking, what's going on in their heads. And then most of all, you're just kind of like, I don't know how long I'm back for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is uh, let's just do this for a little bit and see how it goes. It's never going to be easy. But at the end of the day, you have one life, you know, and you got to make sure you're doing what's best for you. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have other people close to you, if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not going to be treating them intentionally or unintentionally the way that they need to be treated. Yeah, everything's fine now. I will say if there are any guys out there who did have like you know extended addictions to pain pills and you're still having problems, uh, go get your testosterone checked. Um, I don't know if that's the reason why my T, t is low, but... Uh, opioid abuse can permanently lower your testosterone count. So, you know, those are the realities. I didn't know what to say to that. You chase the dragon so far that you get low T. So (laughs) yeah, there are worse things than death, everybody. Well, I mean, but that's the problem with with opioids is because uh, sometimes they start causing problems that you then need them to fix. You know, so at the point in time where you already have chronically low T, it makes you more succumb more to, you know, being emotional or being depressed, being anxious. And then you're just like, oh, I need another painkiller. You know, give me another Tremadol.
2: Ooh, That's what they gave me. That's what they gave me. Yeah,
0: it's the good. That's the that's the stuff.
1: So <laughs> yeah, you when you got that's
2: the good shit,
0: <laughs> when you got
1: your first uh, um, testosterone boost. Did you just turn into the Energizer Bunny? Did you just want to have sex Did you, like, all the time? you, lift cars no. and
2: trucks? Is that-
1: no, because... <laughs> Did you start speaking I'm like not- Randy Macho Man Savage?
2: <laughs> oh,
3: yeah.
1: Oh, man. So you want to hear a really funny, random story about survival? This is going to be how my, sure. how my dad survived. Um, so... Raise your hand in the audience if you know that I was scarred and saw a dead body who got blown away by the cops when I was 11 years old.
0: Jeez, it does explain a lot.
1: <laughs> it sure does. So uh, when I was, uh, uh, I guess I was 12, I'm pretty sure because my sister was going around doing college visits. And so we were driving from Dallas up to Chicago because she was looking at Northwestern and DePaul. So it was the summer of El Nino, I think. What was that, 98, 99? It was whenever that big summer thing was, and Chris Farley was doing that bit. We drive up to Chicago. The AC goes out in our white-privileged suburban uh, conversion van with like the back seat that folds down into a bed, and we had a TV and a VCR in the back, so I just kept watching like <laughs> Miss Fire* and Die Hard and shit like that. Surround but them. there was no air conditioning. So it was like... I imagine it's like when you're smuggled across the border in like a box car or something like that and they don't give you any water, but but you're watching Miss Doubtfire at the same time, which was kind of nice. But either way, we go to Chicago, we're coming back, we stop in Tulsa, Oklahoma. To this day, I will never forgive Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you're a listener from Tulsa, Oklahoma, I fucking hate your town, man. <laughs> um so we're in this embassy suites, and my mom and my sister are both drying their hair. Um, and have you been to an embassy suites before? They're all kind of the yeah, same. Really they have really be- have
2: good breakfast.
1: They, they have that, like, square or triangular shape, and there's the big, like, open middle of the whole mm-hmm. thing, so you can walk around the edge, and you can see straight down into this, you know, atrium where they serve food and the bar is and everything, and they all have that. It's like their distinguishing feature. Well... I'm sitting there watching TV and I hear two hair dryers uh, next to to me. And then I just hear this kind of shocked. And I just stand up from the television and walk to my mom. I'm like, Mom, I think I just heard a gunshot. And she was like, Oh shit. She was like, Billy, you're exaggerating things. I guess people know that Billy is short for William, but (laughs) William, you're exaggerating (laughs) things. You, You probably just heard it on TV. And I was like, Mom, there wasn't a gun on TV. I would know if I heard it on TV because there'd be a fucking gun on TV. And she's just like, nothing happened. I didn't hear anything. I was watching
0: Teletubbies unless there's been a drastic shift in tone. And
1: my dad is not in the room. And so then I just go back and sit watching TV and the door suddenly swings open and he crawls into the room.
0: (laughs) <laughs> oh shit! And like, Your dad's crawling on the floor. My dad,
1: who was probably like 250 pounds at the time, comes like he's army like- crawling into the room. <laughs> and, I mean, he's an Air Force vet, so I guess oh he knows God. how to do it. But he was just like, "Quick, lock the door!" He's like locking the doors. He's like, "There's someone downstairs with a gun." Oh and my so my dad, God. like, Holy my dad, like, like vi- we're all just basically in lockdown in there. And then we get a call, like an automated recorded call. They had taken the time to like quickly record a call and say. The police have come, they've apprehended the, you know, that you may have heard a disturbance, the police are here, it's safe, um, but please stay in your rooms, so is basically the message. Which is like, cue. everybody opens the doors and goes and looks, <laughs> looks over this railing, and there's just like this, like right next to the elevator door, um, there's just this like arm and just puddle of blood. And there's, like, all of these, like, teenage God. girls in the center, like, screaming and crying and shit. Oh. What
0: happened? Who was and the guy? Why did they shoot the guy? So
1: my dad is, like, uh, my dad has this sickness where there's never, there could be 40 pillows in a room, but he always has to go down and ask for extra pillows from the front desk. So he, so he, he goes down. He's getting pillows, and then he walks into the hotel. and He's holding these two pillows, and the suddenly this guy just sprints in and starts hitting closed door, closed door, and my and he's like, my dad's like, uh, is everything okay? Because he hears kind of like what's going on. And he's like, there's a guy with a gun, and my dad looks. He just kind of pokes his head around the wall, looking out the door, and this guy's running towards the elevator that he is on with the doors closing, holding like a giant revolver in his hand. And the doors just close. And then somewhere between like zero and five, he gets off the elevator and just immediately hears gunshots and drops to the deck and just starts crawling back to the room because the whole thing's open. He has no idea what is happening. He just hears all this screaming downstairs.
0: he... he he just went through the entire hotel crawling and made it home or made it back it's, into the room. But they're all like a big
1: square. So it's like you yeah. go up one set of okay. elevators and it's like a square. Um, So it's not that, I mean, it, he probably crawled like, it's like the
0: plot of a, a, a Rick and Morty episode. <laughs> Jerry. Yeah. It was very crawls. Jerry. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I, I mean, to be fair, I would do the same fucking thing. Like it was terrifying. Yeah, yeah. But then,
0: yeah, we all go,
1: we all go bending over the rails and like, there's this dead guy down there and the police are like securing the Crazy. area. And my dad's like, reminds me of medical school and like that that's <laughs> that's the end of my memory and when i worked at the apple store after college i told my like one of my old managers this story he literally when he was he had to go to tulsa for some reason and he got in like an uber and had them drive him to that embassy suites where he took video of it and like slowly zoomed in and put together an iMovie of this hotel (laughs) (laughs) and like he wasn't even staying there but like acted like a guest and walked up to the fifth floor and like slowly zoomed in down by the elevator Oh but yeah, that was, so um. Sad. I mean, my dad actually was shot. Like he survived an actual like gang initiation gunshot wound in the 60s uh, when he was in medical school. Um, he was walking up the steps to his apartment and there was this crowd of guys that just started taking pot shots at him. And he got shot with a hollow point in the arm. Um, so he's, he hates guns. And then for that to happen to him, I'm like. Man, dad, you're just, a, you're just a survivor. You just can't be held down by a guy with a pistol. So yeah, but- What's
0: with dads that have all been through this? Like My dad, uh, he, uh, he was robbed at least once when he was in college because he worked at a, a convenience store. He was really scared when the guy came in with a sawed-off shotgun. Jesus. Because like that hits you and it's That'll like- That'll split you open. It's just a thing that all dads used to have to go through. That was just part Maybe. of the routine. I,
2: I bet you there's a story that my dad probably hasn't told me.
1: It's probably in the Philippines, and it was probably yeah, with the totally machete in the
2: Philippines. Yeah, because he
1: was your dad, the hero from the film The Raid.
2: What's the raid? And just... Was that in the
1: Philippines? I think it is. Is it not? Otherwise, I, I feel real bad now. My
2: dad was kind of like a. He lived on. He didn't live on the streets, but he was like of the streets. You know what I mean? No, I don't. <laughs> <That's so
0: strange. laughs> your dad does not strike me as the the street type.
2: <laughs> I know he played basketball like with his neighbor friends. And I think there was some point where he, he started smoking cigarettes when he was 12. So, you know, He's street smart. Ooh,
1: swing, (laughs) swing and a miss. It's uh, Indonesia. So I am once again, racist.
2: How rude.
1: I got an idea. All right, you boys and girls, it's time for five things with Keisha with your host,
3: Keisha. Five things with my girl. my
2: top uh five is tips for getting through the rest of 2020 because (laughs) because the first three quarters
1: suck so hard
2: (laughs) this year has been rough man i mean i think i've lucked out on a lot of things it it definitely could have been harder four
1: more years (laughs) four more years (laughs)
2: but this year has been challenging emotionally physically mentally all of that stuff so Number five, from what I've learned so far, is I think it's really important because of the, the lack of opportunities that we've had in the last few months because of COVID, to like really prioritize your time and the people that you spend that time with.
1: Like your remaining days on earth time or like your <laughs> no, like 8 to 9 p.m. sort of
2: like b- Both, both. Because yeah, like, I mean, to be fair, right? You don't know what's going to happen. Right? Well, so the second
1: coming of Christ is going to happen. I mean, we're days away.
2: <laughs> and then if Trump wins, like God fucking knows what happens. But if you're at the point where you realize now and you're like, okay, well, tomorrow this person could be gone or tomorrow I could be like really sick. And then you find yourself sitting somewhere on a shitty date. Just, just walk out of the date. Just be like, hey, man, not feeling it got to prioritize my time with people that I want to be around and then just peace Is this number five? Number five.
1: Do you think Rush Limbaugh is prioritizing his remaining days? Jeez. Silly. (laughs) 2021, Rush will die. It'll be a great year. One step up.
2: Go ahead. Number four. This is what I, I thought was a very valuable thing that I wish I would have done sooner is trying to keep one thing consistent from when things were normal. Like, I, I don't know if you guys did this where I stopped a lot of the stuff I did on a daily basis because it's like, oh, well, COVID's happening. The pandemic's here. So I can't do this as much. I I, can, I can't I can go to the grocery store as much. So I'm going to eat like garbage. I'm going to drink a lot more because it's the pandemic. But a month or two it's in- it's cheaper
1: to drink at home. Don't
0: let the pandemic make excuses for you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, I'm just going to gain weight because pandemic- <laughs> wait is that bad
1: are we not supposed to be doing that
2: (laughs) you're prepping for hibernation nobody's told me but yeah i think it's important to keep one thing consistent like whatever that one thing is like working out
0: masturbating
2: masturbating (sighs) sex
0: just not on the zoom calls
2: guys
0: (laughs) masturbate somewhere oh sorry
1: i didn't think the
0: camera was on oops
1: Sorry, you met Mr. Wiggle. It's not
2: even Mr. Wiggles. It's just Mr. Wiggle. Wiggle. Do you, wait, do you guys all have names for your penises?
3: No. no.
2: Yeah. That was a resounding no. You don't have a name for it? No. Why would I
1: name
0: him? I don't name my disappointments in life, Keisha.
2: <laughs> Number three. Uh, I learned this as I was uh, peak unhappy in my relationship is find Things to do that make you happy alone. <laughs>
1: masturbating again. Yeah, we're back to masturbation. Perhaps
2: this whole list is just about masturbating. It's definitely
0: mental masturbation.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, there's
0: no shame in it, guys. Love your body. Love yourself.
2: No, totally okay. But yes, I think that there is something to the well-being of any relationship that you sh- <laughs> each of you should be doing something alone to be happy. And not only bank on the other person to be the source of happiness, which I believe Mm -hmm. a thousand percent was a downfall in my relationship with Quincy, because there was a lot of resentment with me doing other things for myself, including this podcast and the other podcasts that we do, which makes me happy and brings me joy that didn't involve him. And he didn't understand why I was happier doing this podcast than trying to find things to do with him.
1: So is that why you were
2: late all the time? No, yeah. No, yeah that doesn't really no, explain no fucking lie there was at least three or four times we recorded that I was late because we were fighting shocker <laughs> you're like wow it's so great shocker.
1: moratorium on 2020 keep going <laughs>
2: yeah. uh, also number two it's okay to just cry sometimes and like freak out and yell and break stuff like I think that for a long time in this pandemic I tried really hard to keep things together And then I started watching, like, P.S. I Love You or something, and I just started fucking crying. And I wasn't even crying about the movie. I was crying about, like, life in general. Yeah. After I did that, I felt a hundred times better because there's all this stuff that I was holding in. Yeah, you
0: literally get it out of you, right? So it's
2: either cry... Or just, like, masturbate a lot, too. I think that helps. Both of those. Both have...
0: Yeah.
1: This is, like, one of those fortune cookie deals where if you just take everything (laughs) Keisha says and add in bed at the end, it is a hilarious list.
3: (laughs) Oh, my
2: God. Okay. So, number one. That actually makes sense. Number one. Stop planning for when things get better or when the pandemic is over. Like, you have to just accept that this is what life is right now. And just try to adapt your life around it. Because my problem, again, my my most recent, I think, experience has been this relationship is like, oh, well, we just need to get through the pandemic and then things will get better with us. Oh, we're fighting a lot because of this pandemic. Or we can't learn too much about each other because of the pandemic. Like all of this shit was just because of the pandemic. And it's like the the layer of stress that that's adding. Sure. So the problem, though, is like that's. That, this pandemic's not going away and all this pandemic did was amplify the issues that were already there. And so I think if I would have stopped trying to anticipate when things would be better and I just looked at it mm-hmm. at face value, then maybe it, we wouldn't have even gotten to the point of moving in together. I think it would have been just like, oh, yeah, we don't align on a lot of things and yeah. uh, we should just call it like peace out.
0: I mean, it's good advice because, I mean, honestly, we really don't know what's going to happen. You know, there are points in history where lifestyles have changed drastically and they they changed over a relatively short period of time. So it's hard to know if we are in a small variance or we are just rounding a huge curve Mm -hmm. and, you know, we can't tell yet how much society has has shifted. But it's, you know, it's not going back.
1: No, it is. Right. I, I was in Mexico. People weren't wearing masks. They were all like packed in like sardines. It's back to normal, pretty much. But
0: then how come that was the only place you can go to?
1: I just want to you know, know why it's just... Keisha's last one, her number one, basically makes it sound like it's okay for him to break up right before her surgery, because otherwise you're just kind of like half-heartedly sticking in it for the- No. I'm not going to go that far. No,
2: no, no, no. I think- <laughs> I understand where you're coming from, but that's in t- bed. In bed. <laughs> but that removes the whole part of like being there for the person, like not being selfish. In bed. In bed and promising <laughs> that you'll be there for the other person. So it's not like I I don't know. I between like with between the three of us, if I was mad at any of y'all, like really mad at you, but then I found out that you guys needed help. I would literally package up me being mad at you and set it aside and be like I'll be pissed at you later, but like what do you all need? Like how can I help you? Like cuz that's what a good friend does. Yeah. And I wasn't even expecting him to go above and beyond just be be a good person and be a good friend and like realize that me going through surgery and all of this shit happening had nothing to do with him. And yeah. it was like don't make this situation about you when It's not that I'm sitting here forcing my thyroid to fuck up, you know? Yeah,
0: you're not trying to, you're not getting thyroid surgery
2: for attention. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Yes. But yeah, so that's what I mean, right? Like even, I was guilty of it too though. Like when I found out about this whole thing with my thyroid and trying to schedule when I'm going to get surgery, all this stuff, there was a very small part of my brain that was like, okay, well, uh, we'll figure out him and I after the surgery's done. We'll figure it out after I figure out that I don't have cancer. like. But again, that's, even, that's, not, that's, that's not fair because I really should have been like, shit, this is a real problem. This is a real thing. This is a life thing. Who yeah. are the people around me that are being supportive and who are the people that have all of a sudden gone silent? Yeah. Once right.
1: again, I'm really sorry about the silence. thing. <laughs> I mean, part of it was I was in Mexico. Part of it's that I didn't care. <laughs> a
2: little bit of this a little bit of that (laughs) you know to be
1: fair also Maggie was really worried about you I have to say like Maggie was constantly asking me how's Keisha and I was like I don't know I'm a shitty friend (laughs)
3: you're like who's Keisha
1: (laughs) who that dead girl (laughs) I had already written you off
2: but yeah, so I think this is, I know this isn't like a super oh, funny top Brandon, topic.
1: we should stop interviewing her replacements now that we know she's going to be back for a while.
2: <laughs> well, let's,
1: you know. Maybe good to keep them in the can. Maybe keep that casting
2: couch,
3: take, couch video live.
2: Take that posting down off Craigslist. I'm good, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think like, you know, I mean, this isn't like a super funny top five, but I thought these were like really important things that I learned. No,
0: I thought it was, I thought it's very good. Insight. Yeah, this is actually
1: probably a, a very good top five. <laughs> <laughs> If nothing else, you know, we do have the fortune cookie bed. Uh, That's in bed true. In- so if you could but just reread them and just throw that at the end, <laughs> I want to test my fortune cookie theory here.
2: Prioritize people, time, and things in bed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right.
3: Check.
2: Try to keep one thing consistent from when things were normal in bed.
0: <laughs> Check.
2: Find things that make you happy alone in bed. <laughs> Check. It's totally okay to freak out, cry, yell, break stuff in bed. Check. And stop planning for when things get better and when the pandemic is over in bed. bed. Okay,
1: the last one may not check out as well as the other four.
0: (laughs) No, sometimes, you know, it could be uh, sex
2: can get pretty- Let's
1: do uh, role play. I'm (laughs) COVID-19.
2: And you're the mask. I think there's COVID (laughs)
0: porn out there.
2: There is, with masks.
0: Is there really?
1: Mm-hmm. That's a yeah. thing.
2: I saw. Yeah, I yeah, saw that. There's I saw a, that
0: on. Yeah, there's. any kind of porn they can commercialize that are all up to.
3: That's oh, a I have a.
2: Th- I have a theory, by the way, a Pornhub theory, or a not a, no. What's your Pornhub porn theory. theory? So last Friday or this past Friday, Corey came over and we had Thai food and a Paul Red night, which is the number one love of my life. So we watched a bunch of Paul Red movies. But, he is
1: ageless. He is <sighs> ageless and charming. We watched
2: "I Love You, Man," and then we watched uh, "Clueless." and we were watching clueless and as an adult, right? I thought I was like, oh, this is this relationship between him as a stepbrother to Alicia Silverstone as a stepsister is fucked up. Like that's weird as an adult. Yeah. As a teenager, I saw nothing wrong with that.
3: <laughs> really? And then
2: now I'm piecing the things together why there is so much stepbrother stepsister porn.
0: It's because of Clueless. It's it's of
2: because
1: of all the of Paul Rudd. sad Paul Rudd boys,
2: <laughs> <laughs> but like all that, listening
1: to Radiohead, masturbating to. Because if you think about porn. it, like
2: when I would see that before, now I, until I came to that realization, I had no problem looking at that porn. I'm like, oh, this is, this is fine. But then I thought <laughs> back on. It.
3: Wait, wait, wait! <laughs> it's wait, it's wait, that wait. meme so you- with
0: the dog on fire. It's fine. Like, everything's everything's fine. fine. You would watch sibling porn?
2: No, it's step, step, step sibling. sibling porn. Brandon, it is a very popular bucket of categories. It's a category in Pornhub. Everyone wants. They
1: moved from, from step. They they moved from milf to stepma step, mu- step yeah, milf. Yeah. To step so, siblings. There's
2: this like running joke. I think it's on, I think it's on TikTok or something, but it was like, there's always like a thing where it cuts into a scene and all you hear is, what are you doing, stepsister? (laughs) But I pieced it together and I feel really uncomfortable. That's where it is? Watch.
0: Maybe. I feel
2: like I can't watch Clueless anymore because that as an adult feels weird. I
0: thought you were going to say, I I can't watch stepsister (laughs) porn anymore. It's really ruined it going to have Wait. to cancel all of these subscriptions <laughs> did you guys
2: ever think that that was weird like yes of
0: course yeah
2: but then why yeah, do people then. watch it why is there such a big audience like it's like one of the most viewed categories in Pornhub
1: oh I thought you meant clueless. weird no I do think that yeah. the step porn thing is weird but clueless
2: Wait. was it weird or you thought it was weird
1: yeah I, I mean it is but then you're like well they're not related and
2: See, but you justify it. But- by all
1: means, they seem like they've only been around each other for like two years of their life and haphazardly. I
2: don't know, guys. It didn't
1: did the movie I I haven't watched in a long time. It didn't seem like they'd lived together for much of their life.
0: No, it didn't. Oh my god, I'm justifying this. See? A lot of teen movies do not age well, especially the ones from no, the No, that 80s, movie rules.
1: Like the, uh... Clueless is awesome. I stand by Clueless, I own it. Amy Heckerling, genius, great soundtrack.
2: The soundtrack is phenomenal. It's based on
0: Shakespeare, you know that, right? Yes. Yeah. Is it? Yes. It's Emma. What uh Emma.
1: Wait, is Emma Shakespeare? Or is Emma No Emma is Jane Austen? Uh, sorry, it's based Jane on Austen. Jane
2: Austen. Yeah. So um... sorry,
1: I was thinking Ten Things I Hate About You, which is cheaper of the Shrew. or not cheaper by the dozen, Taming of the Shrew, cheaper by the dozen. Wow.
2: Cheaper, <laughs> they should do. They taste. should
1: do like step sibling porn based on Cheaper by the Dozen. That'd be fun. <laughs> I've never seen it.
2: Is that the one with Hillary Duff and it's like a book. Steve Martin? Did you Martin? not have to read that
1: book in junior
2: high? Cheaper by the dozen. No. I thought yeah. that was a movie. Yeah, based on
1: a book. Jesus
2: Christ.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Bottom <laughs> Bottom You will die, or you will eat the bottom
3: five.
1: Wow, new song. <laughs> new song's coming in real hot.
3: <laughs> uh, good. Did you
1: edit that from what I did? Was that on the Halloween episode or was that on the video game episode?
0: That the video, video game video. episode. Yeah. You also did some stuff on the Halloween episode so I could add to it if I... <laughs> oh, my God.
2: I
3: love your song.
1: Yeah, it is... Uh... There's a lot of me in that. It, all, it feels very Metalocalypse. The bottom five things that happen because of surviving. Just the whole process of surviving anything. There's a all lot right. of negatives associated with surviving. I think a lot of us, you know. That guilt? Uh, no, that actually would make sense. But due to the little amount of time that I had to come up with it, <laughs> I did not put guilt here. But we'll see if we can work it in. All right. Jesus, I didn't think of survivor's guilt. Fuck me.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's like it's the, the number, number one,
1: thing. <laughs> one thing. Well, basically, we found out we were doing this right before we started. So,
2: <laughs> I thought we talked about it last there was night. There no confirmation you, in the yeah, email. That's why out, I confirmed like, this six morning. Six
1: different ideas. This is by far uh, the worst was... planning we've ever done. But I think it's going to be a good episode. Yeah. So, number one, guilt. <laughs> 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 uh, number one, surviving. A lot of work. It's pretty difficult to survive, like the uphill mountain that you have to climb, especially at the bottom, like the minute you get diagnosed with something or like the minute something terrible happens, it's like, well, I have two choices. I could roll over and die or I can survive. And it's like, man, rolling over and dying seems kind of easy. Surviving seems like it's going to be pretty bad. Pretty stressful. When you think about like New Year's and you put together a you know a list of all of your resolutions and everything that you're going to change about yourself, you know how no one ever keeps almost any of their resolutions ever, yeah. and so it's like the same like ten things end up year to year. Your resolution and
0: over and over and over.
1: Well, imagine if you had to keep your New Year's resolutions. That's basically what surviving is. It's if I'm going to make it <laughs> to the next year, I have to fucking do this list, and if I don't. I am going to die. And, and it's gonna, if you're going to die, you want to die before you start trying to survive, because then at least you won't have given any effort. Yeah. But like, if you give all of that effort and then die anyway, what was the point?
0: What if you promised God that if he like let you live, you would do all this stuff? Are you obligated to follow through with that? I mean, he knows you weren't going to do it.
1: Well, that presupposes that there's a God and that he's listening. But
0: <laughs> Well, what I'm saying, though, is even if you didn't believe in God, would you pray to him because it can't We're doing hurt. the gender thing. Pray to it? Pray to her? I don't know. Th- to them? Pray to her.
2: Pray to, yeah.
1: her. Pray to yeah. them. So you're a polytheist. Interesting. We're learning a lot about Quiche in this episode.
2: <laughs> I would. But yeah, yeah you, do, right, you probably it,
1: should it. follow through, Brandon. I mean, especially if you're praying to like the God of death. I mean,
2: who's going to keep you accountable?
1: So, certainly Paula might, know. but I don't know. <laughs> um. So, yeah, surviving, tough. Tough, tough stuff. Not looking forward to having to survive at any point. I think I may just give up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Maggie
1: over. could do well without me, I think, as well. So, good for her. Number two, once you actually decide to fight for your life, there's a lot of suffering and fear involved. So, not only is there just the actual survivorship and everybody's, you know, asking how you're doing and stuff, but you actually for the amount of time that you are not sure that you're going to make it, it's like if you are going to make it, you want to make it as quickly as possible. Nip it in the bud. Do all of the high-risk surgery. Do everything as high-risk as possible and either make it or don't. Don't do the like tortoise and the hare tortoise move. Even if you win the race, it's like, I'd rather be the hare and it be a sprint and be out of there and not have to suffer or be afraid constantly. I'm just going to die or I'm going to make it. Then take all of the conservative steps to know you're going to win. I say, you know, Give me that vaccine now. I want it. I don't care if people have been tested or not. Just whatever weird, like, bit of mixed embryos and whatever else you're sticking into a needle into my veins, I want it now. I don't want to draw this out. Well, anymore. have you signed up for the vaccine? You can sign uh, up for it's it. it's too much work. Did you not hear what number one was? I don't want to go through anything laborious. <laughs> Jeez. Number three, pity. Who pities you for surviving? Pity for
2: you or from other people. Oh, you know,
1: pity from other people while you're going through all of this. And you know what? I think we actually can tie guilt into here. They're two sides of the same coin. While you're going through it, everybody kind of looks down on you and pities you and you're just sitting there just like, "Hey, fuck you. I'm still alive, you rat bastard. Stop looking yeah. at me like I'm a <laughs> I'm a like piece of china with like a drape over it that's being constantly protected. I'm a bubble boy." Stop looking at me like I'm a fucking bubble boy, you piece of shit. I'm the one who's here living it. I don't need you looking down on me. And then all of a sudden you survive, and then you have all the guilt from the flip side of being mad at all the people who are pitying you. <laughs> so there really <laughs> is
0: no like way to make it. No, past. you're overthinking it. You're not. Gonna, no one can feel all of those things. I'm please
1: feeling
3: please. them and I'm
2: not even surviving
3: anything.
1: <laughs> no,
0: you are overthinking it. Oh my
1: it. god.
2: Wait, you, I don't feel pity for people for being mad at people who are pitying me.
1: No, you feel guilt. You haven't been oh, listening don't, at all.
2: Oh. What number is this one? It's number four. Number three.
3: I hate you so much.
1: (laughs) I can say that now because she got the surgery, so I do hate you. I want it on the
2: record. (laughs) Um, Do you feel guilt right now, Keisha? Do you feel like you should have died? I don't feel... I feel... You know what? It is. What's funny, though, I I did feel guilty taking extra days off from work.
1: Mm, And I don't know why I felt like that. You're in trouble.
0: I uh, all those big corporations, those
1: poor big corporations filled with their billionaires. They're really upset with you right now. (laughs) I
0: had a, I guess you call it survivor's guilt when my buddy died a few years ago. Jesus, I felt like he was way more talented than I was.
2: So then you made it about you, (laughs) (laughs) like your guilt was about like that. Actually,
1: is what survivor's guilt is. I think I'm the one who threw it off by by uh, saying survivor's guilt's the person who survived surviving. Survivor's guilt is when you survive after the person who suffered died. Yeah, it. I yeah. totally fucked that up. And now I've got guilt just for being an idiot, <laughs> just for being really stupid. <laughs> and this is the other problem with surviving. I survived that segment, and now I'm going to have to live with the shame of being a moron the rest of my <laughs> fucking life.
0: Fine. Everyone, people are morons about 99% of the shit Yeah, as Earth. soon as there's only 1%. That you're not a moron as
1: about As soon as you wait, said that, I was like, oh wait, that's not what so, Survivor's so Guilt Brayden, is. So, Braden,
2: you feel like you should have died instead of him. Yeah. Yeah, that's what Survivor's Guilt is. That's so selfish. How is
0: that selfish?
1: Because, because you're like, taking
2: away anything that has to do with the person passing away. Like you're taking away stuff from that and turning it into something that has to do with you. It's it's
0: about like trying to come up trying to reconcile how unfair life is. Because it you you really feel like it is there's, like, no fairness in existence. This person has created so much more happiness for so many more people than I ever have. And all of that's true, by the way. Yeah. I don't even know who it is. Yeah. So, like, it's not like I'm trying to make it about me. I didn't go to my friends meaning like, hey, guys... Why don't we all think about (laughs) me right now? But it's just, it's hard not to feel It's a natural side effect of
1: empathy, I think. I don't
2: know, guys. If you empathize,
1: you put yourself in somebody else's shoes. And then when somebody else dies, but you're in their shoes and you survived, you're kind of like,
2: huh. No, 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 no. Isn't there a difference, though, between empathy and sympathy?
1: Yes. Empathy is where you apply. Yeah. Empathy is pity. I'm sorry. Sympathy is pity. Is pity. Sympathy is Sympathy like is
2: pity. I th- so, Brandon, I think how I'm rem- I'm visual like I'm thinking through this is like you may not have gone to the funeral or whatever and said, "Guys, let's talk about me." But it's like going to a funeral and being like, "Y'all, I I personally am so sad that he's dead. I am so sad." I didn't do that as. <laughs> <funeral, laughs> but like though. that's how. This is just what I was going. Through. He's just wrong
1: on this. I'm gonna say why in a minute, but please continue your thought.
2: But that's that's what I'm saying. Like that's how I. I again, I think I'm 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 recovering from shit that I have dealt with in my last... Re-
0: I read the transcript of an Apple commercial at his funeral.
1: <laughs> based, based on Keisha's argument, you can no longer learn a lesson after someone dies. It's just like, no, someone died, no I, lesson. What it's I'm like, saying... No, don't make it about yeah. you. What I'm saying
2: is that this is a trauma that I experienced in my last relationship where I had to like, I had to set aside how I felt about stuff because everything that was bad or I felt sad about, he turned it into his thing. It was like I wasn't allowed to feel like that. So I'm very sensitive when something happens to someone else, and your first reaction is, "Well, I, is that how that affects me." Wasn't
0: well, my first reaction. My first reaction was to get to the hospital. Yeah, I'm not going to have any if, if
1: Keisha dies. I'm not going to have any survivor's guilt. She's just being a real pain in the ass yeah. right now. <laughs> Fine,
0: and speaking of
1: selfishness, I'm going to go on with my list. Number four. On the bottom five of surviving anything is the brand. The constant reminder that you did survive and people look at you and be like, oh yeah, remember that time in your life where you went through that hardship and you overcame it? And you're just like, yeah, I fucking do remember. I lived it. I don't need to think about the worst part of my entire fucking life constantly and be completely known solely for surviving something. I mean, how many times do you think Lance Armstrong has heard that he had cancer of the testicles? You think he wants to be reminded constantly that he had cancer of the testicles? Why would anyone want that?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, your existence becomes defined yeah. by that. Like if Castaway was real, Tom Hanks's character would forever be uh, island mm-hmm. guy.
2: It's true, or, or volleyball man. Look at volleyball. He probably would just hates every volleyball he sees. No, he'd be
0: the guy who had sex with the volleyball. I Everyone, mean, that that would be his. That would have, be his
2: definition. Wait, did did he have sex with the volleyball? It
0: was implied. So <laughs> yeah. Anyway, your
1: entire existence is it's a huge reduction. It's just like, oh yeah, that's Billy. I remembered like forty things about him, but then he went through this hardship, and now that's like the first thing I tell everybody about him
0: for the
3: rest
1: of his entire life. <laughs> it's just like, hey, that guy with numbers on his wrist,
0: Holocaust survivor. Don't know his name. Yeah, that becomes your Michael Scott fact, right? Like, everyone, it's like, what's your Michael Scott fact?
1: (laughs) What is it? Do you know how awful it must have been for everybody who went through the Holocaust to have those fucking numbers, like, physically actually tattooed onto them? And just everybody's like, oh, so tell me about the Holocaust. It's like, I don't want to fucking talk about the goddamn Holocaust. It's the
2: worst time in human history. Yeah, it's like a... It's like everyone has imposed it as like a personality trait for you. Like that trauma is now part of just everything that you are. And some people, I, I mean, embrace it, right? Like It's like
1: if you ask somebody like who ran a marathon, it's just we're, we're going from Holocaust, which is just absolutely awful to something that's, you know, not trivial, but not like anything near that. But it's like, yeah, what was, what was your what was your favorite part about, uh you know, finishing your first marathon? Well, that it's over and I did it. It's like, it's always that it's over. It's not like, you know, when I did that 20 mile training session, like two months before the marathon, that kicked a lot of ass and like my legs hurt for like five days afterwards. I really lived for that moment. It's like, no, it was a milestone. I don't want to talk about the training that it took for like 60 months. I, I don't want to relive any of that. It's just done. I did it. I ran a marathon. Yeah. But they do also want to put that 26.2 sticker on their car, which is kind of fucking obnoxious. That's true, which is like, like ask me
2: about the marathon I ran.
1: It's just like, hey, by the way, I kick
0: ass. What did you do? Don't make it your entire existence.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, number five. It has to do with the expectations built around being branded. So once once you're a survivor, once you've been branded and are constantly reminded that you're a survivor you're now always a survivor. So it's another major reduction, right? Like, you can never be vulnerable again because you're this mm-hmm. tough survivor. You could, you, you have this, like, inverse relationship where, like, no one worried. Like, everybody was so worried about you, but now that you've survived, no one worries about you for the rest of your life because you're this self-sufficient person.
2: Right, right. So everyone's like, well, you got through this. You can handle everything. Yeah. You can
1: handle you're everything. Like, it's like, I don't want to handle everything. That I, part I, of my life fucking sucked. Yeah. A... I, Back to the top of the list, it was a lot of work. B, there was a lot of suffering and fear involved. <laughs> Number three, everybody felt pity around me, which I hated at the time, but now no one gives me any pity, and I'm kind of like, fuck you. Like, I don't want to be the survivor person for the rest of my life. I just want to have a nice, easy, simple going thing, and now all of a sudden no one's helping me anymore because they think I can handle it all on myself.
0: Is this why you told us that the hurricane hit you? Did it actually not hit you, but you didn't want to be the one person who survived the yeah. hurricane? Yeah, and everybody else in the wedding party died? Yeah. Is that why Maggie's not home? Did Maggie die in the hurricane and you don't want to be the survivor? I have to go. I've got a funeral to go to. i got to bury my wife.
1: Isn't <laughs> 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 like eight funerals? No, I don't care about the other people. Question
2: though, do you think that if there's something that you... So outside of like any medical stuff, but just in general, like if you went through another hardship, do you think that the level of concern... And care that people have for you goes down the second time around. Like every other time, you have to. Yeah, something. like you have.
0: Like if your cancer comes back, people are like, "Yeah, like is there?" A, well, is there a I fatigue? shaved my hair in solidarity the first time you were with chemo, but like, is
2: there like a fatigue? Which I mean, it's. I'm taking shitty. photos that's, I have
0: headshots next. To
2: mine, like it's so. super shitty to talk about, but like I think nobody wants to admit to that. But I think to your to your point, really, there's guilt in that too from the other person of like, I felt bad for you, but how can I, do I still have to keep feeling bad or can you just carry over? my feeling bad from the first time and just extend my subscription. Like.
1: Imagine being pen pals with Frodo Baggins while he's on the quest to destroy the ring. And you're just like talking, you're like, hey, Frodo, how's it going? You know, my, you know, I, I went and did this thing the other day. It was kind of fun. Like, what's going on with you? He's like, oh man, this cave troll fucking like skewered me with this giant spear. And like, if I wouldn't have had mithril, I, w- I would have died. And I got stabbed by this ghost and now I constantly have this pain in my chest. And it's just like, oh man, I'm so sorry. That's awful. I really, I'm thinking about you, brother. Like whatever you need. And then like two months later, you're like, Hey Frodo, how's it going? It's like, oh man, like the guy who was guiding us, like he got killed by a demon (laughs) and dragged off this bridge. And I watched him (laughs) fall to a fiery inferno death. And it's just like, oh God, that's gotta be, that's gotta be pretty tough. Um, I, you know, I was really worried that I got food poisoning the other day. I'm so sorry that happened. And then, like, a year later, you just stop writing him because he's like, yeah, I don't even know if I can get postal service anymore. I'm basically in this hell world, and this spider just, like, (laughs) stung me, and there's no water anywhere, and I'm constantly thinking about killing my best friend. So it's like, yeah, I think you do. You get survivor exhaustion at some point. But But then I started thinking, like, imagine, like, there are two types of people. Like, you go to the hospital to visit someone. Are you the person that encourages them to fight when they're on their deathbed, or are you the person that says... Let go. Go towards the light. There's no need to suffer anymore. I think I'm a. There's no need to suffer anymore, guy. I don't think I'm the like, guy who's watching someone go through a lot of pain and being like, "Fight! You can beat this." And it's just like, "Hey, man, if you want, I will totally pull the plug for you. No one has to know." Like, I just,
0: I, I, uh, I twisted my <laughs> ankle. No shh. Really. All, all the, pain can, can go go all the, the pain can go away. You no, don't need to pull the plug. <laughs> can go away. No. <laughs> just just mm. eat the pillow mm. yeah no i i get what you're saying it's you know it's <laughs> thanks for the memories it's not it, it's it's not easy to know exactly how to deal with a difficult situation or to comfort somebody you know like not yeah. every moment is a hallmark moment not every move mo, um, a moment I is a, a movie moment you know yes. it's just life's life's hard in summary cut your seat belt off
1: disable your airbags, no parachute. Are all
0: terrible ideas. Don't do this. If you're
1: going to live, live. If you're going to die, go gloriously to Valhalla. And that's my bottom 5.
2: Thanks for the memories. Don't be a stranger.
1: Well, we learned nothing today.
2: <laughs> Y'all, let's we need to prepare better. <laughs> I
1: did learn a lot about Keisha's life. I I think that maybe people learned what they already knew about me that I'm a bitter horrible person, but Keisha lived and she seems like she's pretty cool. So, good on
0: you.
2: Thanks. Thanks. I
0: yeah, and we're going to auction her, find her a nice uh, husband. Oh, I thought you were going to auction off the part of her thyroid that
1: got cut out.
2: <laughs> I was going like to ask. Like a glass
1: you, jar. Do you
2: think they would send me a picture of it? I thought sure. you got
1: a recording. Didn't you used to watch all those surgical videos? I want,
2: yeah, I wanted to see. Did you know that they had to strap me down during my surgery? Because they said that some people, when they go in their like, anesthesia, they like lift their arms up and try to help with the surgery.
3: Like, just, like, Weird. Practice, like. no, so anyway
1: great episode everybody Pat's on the back we survived and all of our listeners survived another wasted hour of their life <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: alright I uh, hope everybody has a uh, great week good luck uh, hopefully the election went the way you were hoping for yes Wait, can we say that?
1: <laughs> if Trump won, hopefully the election yeah, won. You know. Hopefully you vote for a bigot. No. Anyway, I keep extending the episode. We should just kill it.
0: All right. Give us a review. Review it. Send us money. Put cash in an envelope and send it to us. Give us
3: money. Or leave a review. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Bye, guys. Bye.
3: Bye.